Ice cream. <laughs> Unique New York. Billy the Kid. Is it too quiet? So is I'm, it too quiet? No, no. No, it's okay. We're, uh, Ten seconds of song. I am going to work on not saying um. Yes. Or like. Me too. A couple fucks here and there. Fine. No swearing. Just okay. for seasoning. Yeah. And you know. I don't like you knows. I'm, I am you know on it like a madman. You're going to you know? Okay. Uh, let's talk about, let's, int- let's intro with, that's a great intro. Thanks for having me. Um, Back on the old. Thanks for being halved. Podcast. The, we we agreed we wouldn't uh, podcast. This is just like a hangout. Yes. A chill fest. And if it happens to be narcissistically great, we, then we'll put it out. Yeah, we'll listen to it. We'll take out all the bad parts. <laughs> it'll be whittled down to two minutes, and it'll be great. It'll be a vignette. It's the challenge that you said before, of the um like you know. I'm like you know. That's almost like a Buddhist chant. Um, like you know. Um, like you know. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Teenagers should be doing that. That felt really nice. Um is a a wonderful syllable, I think, to have in your throat. Om, but not um. Um makes you sound dumb. Um. Um, Fine line. Om. Om. It depends. It could be from Boston. Um. That's how Boston Buddhists chant. Yeah. Um. Um. Well, that's that's the that's the mantra of the 21st century. Um, like, you know, you know, it's like, it's interesting. I've been chanting in the mornings, mm-hmm. and it, it it kind of it makes you just feel good. It does. I've gotten into it recently. I would have never admitted this five years ago because I thought it was crazy. I, I have to say. I've also done it with a community. I chanted with uh, in someone's living room. The Twenty-three of us were chanting, and it's intense. That's powerful. But at the same time, I liked the aspect of of all different kinds of people that were there. I liked that a lot. And we can get to this with Academy Alliance, but when you're with a group of people all going in one direction, right? It's a powerful thing. The more I experience life and it passes through me, good and bad, I realize that's the point. And that's the only point. It's really the thing to focus on. And I think that's what is so engaging about social media for so many people is having relationships they can gather. But I do think that's the double-edged sword at the same time, that that is not the greatest way to feel a connection. It's just like any tool. Mm-hmm. Use it for whatever you want to use it for. But it, it, it's highly susceptible, you can be highly susceptible to the dark side of social media, mm-hmm. which is the constant refreshing and checking if people are liking what you have posted or if you're getting that gratification, that quantification of your meaning in life. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're drawing a lot of meaning. It's kind of a shitty setup, really, because it, it creates uh, you know, a neurosis. People are dying, they're checking their tweets and their phones, and they're driving and they're killing. It scares me to think that the gentleman who's working on the engine in the airplane also is thinking how many likes did he get on the photo he last posted on Instagram. It's a scary (laughs) thought to me. Narcissism, without an education behind it, can be very deadly. And I think that uh, 
there's a responsibility you have as a narcissist that okay needs I've never to, heard that angle before needs to be taught to the ones who are getting all their gratification out of their opinions being heard so what's the need for narcissism what's the is so what's the responsibility the need for it I think that, you know most narcissists come from a place of either building something creating mm -hmm. something or being the loudest in the room mm -hmm. um, because it's always a negative. It's, it's always brought up in a pejorative Narcissism? Sense. Always, yeah. No. You're a narcissist. I'm a narcissist. narcissist. I know you are. Don't you love me? I, I am too. <laughs> this is the Narcissist Podcast. Exactly. We're, we're going to listen to this. <laughs> we're, and we're going to say, that was pretty good. Or, mm, could you change the way that I said this? No, we won't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for now. Live your life. And if you're going to record or put yourself out there, you, you're... you're it's, I think it's absolutely spiritually, emotionally illegal to be able to edit yourself. Do what you do. Right. That's interesting. Well, because you can now. That's what, how everyone can do this. You can you edit. Can you can edit yourself you up. You can edit perfect, your life now. Right. To just be this thing that you need it to be. I think uh, it's kind of, as they say, the first take is the best or the hundredth take is the best. I had a hard time saying a hundredth there. Hundredth. The, the notion that narcissism... At the meridian, the Great Plains. Go ahead. Good, good tune. Um, it, it's interesting to think about narcissism in a, in a positive light. I was reading an article in like Inc. Magazine mm. about leaders, CEOs, you know, corporate mm -hmm. warriors. And there's this concept of the dark triad. And, it, you know, basically sociopathic behavior, narcissism, psychopathic behavior, you know, things of that nature. And in most cases, you have functional sociopaths who might actually be quite nice people, but they have the ability to detach emotionally. Some of them are my friends. I'm sure you have a lot of friends like that, right? <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you hang around people just like you and vice versa. And it, what's interesting about that is you do need some guts and you also do need some detachment to be able to speak to large rooms or to command attention. attention. I agree. Right? And, and when I speak of narcissism, I don't think... It's not a sense of full of yourself or... I don't look at it as there's a hollow background to what's there. I've worked really hard. And I can't walk in a room and not think of others. It's not the way it works. Right. But... I see something breeding amongst people where now that their opinions are being heard and they go to their their computers to express how they feel, there's a wonderful season, believe it or not. I'm not sure if you're a fan of South Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think some of their seasons have been some of the greatest writing in television, uh, comedic television. And this year, I haven't watched the show in, in, a, in a while. They're on their 19th season. But they are... Holy shit. I had a friend recently say, just go back and watch. So I watched the first 10 episodes of the 19th season, and they're absolutely fantastic. And there's a wonderful episode about <laughs> Yelp. <laughs> Yelp reviews. And they really nail it. They really nail this sense of importance that people now are allowed to be able to express what maybe they've always wanted to or have yeah. some power to guide people... And I think it's a wonderful thing. I think confidence is something that is always welcomed and that we need. 
there's a there's a line, right? There's a line. There's a line. Well, I think it was. With if you anything, can't have a conversation, sorry, with four of your friends at dinner because you're exhausted from what you wrote on your Facebook page earlier that day, that is pathetic. Or that you're on your Facebook page still, or Instagram, and you know your your phone is in your hand. And what you're do we do? Down. We talked about that's, this last that's time. That's a rough one. What do we do? Are we old? I think about this all the time because I think I think about it too. I, I think that we're adapting ourselves and our behaviors to be um, much more detached, where we communicate through through our phones first. I've sat at a table with many of my friends and everybody's got a phone. Mm -hmm. And we're just showing each other pictures, the thing that we just posted four seconds ago, and someone is texting back to that person who's in a group chat. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying it's a thing. But there's a high level of communication happening. We're thinking in pictures, right? We're we're showing each other pictures and memes and uh, basically hieroglyphics, right? Complicated ideas broken down into visual form. And I don't look at that negatively, just like I don't look at narcissism negatively, I look at it as a thing. But I think the danger is, if you don't look at it objectively, know what it's good for and not good for, then you're powerless against it. So I think if you know how to communicate with it, it's great. If you don't and it controls you, you're fucked. Well, I think so much controls us without knowing. It's a, it's... I mean, I'm not for smoking, but I'd way rather the kids grab cigarettes after sex than their phones. And this is, <laughs> this, is, this is in our bedrooms. How much information can we really obtain when we only use how much percentage of our brain? It's interesting because a cigarette is an acceptance of that moment and the joy of that moment and the chemicals that are running through your body naturally, and it kind of enhances that. And the that historic time. stereotype as well. It's awesome. That was for me. I was like, oh, you're supposed to have a cigarette after. Right. You know, it wasn't, you're supposed to put 7,000 things in these places and say all this stuff. Right. I just, you know, instead of posting, I just had sex and taking you know, exactly. selfies of whatever. But, I mean, I'm always interested in what, what puts you in deeper connection with yourself and others. As, as I kind of grow older, I, I, I see that's the most important thing, going back mm-hmm. to what we were saying a few minutes ago. And anything that takes you away from that, I feel is is a shame. But anything that pulls you deeper into that connection, I think is cool. Even if it's through your phone, because I think it could be used, I think it could be used to capture a moment. But again, there's an art to it. There's a style. There's a balance and I certainly don't ha- I don't have it. Uh, I'm a child of addiction. I, I don't understand how to balance it. Uh-huh. I literally turn it off and it's a moment of a breath or it's a moment of panic. What? Where, where? You know, where's my phone? Becomes kind of like, where's my child? Right. You know, where's my phone? Have you seen my phone? It's this big. <laughs> if you press it, you'll see a photo of a teddy bear. So, I was at a teddy bear convention. Don't ask me why. I don't know. <laughs> I was in St. Louis. I needed something to. I felt lonely. I went to the teddy bear picnic. Because that's what you do when you get out of the woods. No, that's what you do when you go to the woods. What do you do? How do you go to a teddy bear picnic? <laughs> I was gonna say that because of what you talk about. No, but if you go out to the is it if you go out to the woods today, you're in for a big oh, surprise. Oh, that's coming back. If you go out to the woods, yeah, really. Yeah, that's somewhere. Oh, that was like we deep. need some more teddy bear picnics. Now I'm not sure what those are. What's what's the 2015 slash 16 version 
of a teddy bear picnic. I don't. I don't know. It could be a lot of dudes, big dudes, beards. Uh, could be. Uh, could be anything you want. Things of the rules have changed, but the game is the same. The game <laughs> is the same. The teddy bear game. The teddy bear game is the same. the same. Okay. I want to go back to what you just okay, uh, said I'm about sorry. cell phones because be this silly. was. I was gonna. I was gonna. You know, hop on that tangent, but you. I think the world is now happy that they got to hear that teddy bear. Well, I just forgot down. the lyrics to it, which is... I can't believe I knew the lyrics to it. It was like, I just accessed parts of my brain. That, that was kind of like the you know, Sonic Youth Nirvana. That was the Sonic Youth song of... Of, uh, of our childhood? Yeah, it didn't get a lot of airtime. <laughs> the teenage riot of yeah. our day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, uh, that's, it, my, that's one of my great running songs, is Teenage Riot. It's one of the greatest songs. Ever. I agree. No, it, it goes up there. And that's 85, or is that 88, 1988? Daydream Nation? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I still remember when I first heard it. I check it. I, I still I have the memory to the T. And that's a wonderful thing about music, not to sidetrack. But thank God for songs that bring you memories. Last night I played Surrender by Cheap Trick so loud. <laughs> and I was with some friends. And, and there's, there's nothing that can replace that feeling. There's nothing you can buy. Nothing you can download or read a song if you love it it still goes straight into you picks you up from wherever you are picks you off the ground and puts you in the clouds it's funny i think it puts you back into the body that you were in yes. back then exactly it's a time machine it's a it's a time machine with the great thing of you can go backwards and you can go forwards at the same time that's a good song <laughs> This episode might be a keeper. This was a big experiment. We didn't know. We, we went into it Let's saying not put it, it could out. work. It's an know. excuse for us to hang out. But we do. I want you to get back to the telephones. But I do. If, if you do put this podcast out, I, yeah. I do want to talk about it. What I want to talk about with you. Okay. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Before we do. Because this is the whole point of we're going. We're, we're going to do Especially it in, to the community. Absolutely. We're going to go in a Tarantino fashion. We're going to work our way backwards. Okay. Okay. And... Um, I'm just happy to be hanging with you. Yeah, we're just hanging. And you got a Pilates class uh, in about uh, 40 minutes. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to keep it tight. But people don't want to be for longer than 25 minutes. We'll see. We'll see what Twitter <laughs> says. Uh, you remember when we said don't obsessively check your social media? It's okay if you're tweeting about this episode, if it eventually comes out. It's okay. You lost your phone. Okay. When, like, was this a year ago? Maybe slightly 2014, less? September... Two th with you? <laughs> yeah. September thinking. 2014. I remember. It was a flip phone. Let's, 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 let's make this... Let's clarify what phone we're talking about. I want everyone just to, just to hear what you just said again. The flip phone. I I've recently saw that Adele video and everyone was saying, we're going back to... As people go back to the flip phone, that's when I went and got an iPhone 6. That's it. You're, I mean, you're the just eternal rebel. I just don't want to... My phone use is not going to be the norm. I respected that you had a flip phone. I know, it was just so much easier. It really was. And, and to not be able to check email and to not be able to... I wasn't a Star Trek kid. You know, I didn't like the next generation. Right. What's interesting is... Until I got older. But, but when, you, when you think about a flip phone, what it really does is it lowers or adjusts people's expectations of your time. People will text me, and they will expect an answer right away. while I'm sleeping. I know. And when, you know, if I would text you and you had a flip phone, well, I would just have a different expectation. And I wouldn't attach the, the needs and wants and emotions of disappointment that, you know, if urgency. you text me. Urgency, exactly. But there was no sense of urgency. I didn't need to know the thing that I asked you in the moment. It could have waited. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's cool that when you think about how people are going back to flip phones, that's because they want to you know, throw a big flag out there and say, hey, my time is my time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not happy with the rules that you guys are putting on me. Relationships don't need that as well. We, you know, married people have enough shit. They wake up, they walk outside, and they might as well just have a massive billboard that says, Affairs! Everywhere I go, Mar- I, I feel so sorry for married people in this day and age because they're constantly, they're not the norm anymore. So they're constantly being challenged. And you bring these phones into the mix with, are you there? Are you, where are you? Respond, hello. You know, yeah. relationships need urgency. They need answers. There's a vulnerability that's unspoken. It's unspoken in say there's a vulnerability out there anyways yeah when you're with somebody and there's space there's spaces in relationships you need space that's what you need people it's called space you have to take a breath and these things keep you constantly stimulating Mm -hmm. and it's a it's an energy and it's also a psyche there's that's that's filling this up. You're full by the time you get to work. You're full when you go to bed. And you're reading beautiful, oh my God, the lion and the owner is just so, so beautiful. And then, oh my God, you know, if you can see a beheading and a gangbang in the same breath, what kind of society are we living in? There's things that we're just not supposed to have access to. And in doing so, it doesn't make us ignorant. It doesn't make us not, you know, go and live our lives with a blind eye. It's just, it's what us as humans, our blood, our brains, there's things we just don't need to have instant access to. Mm -hmm. And it's a candy store. It's a challenging candy store. Yeah. And it's creating a lot of confusion. And everyone talks about it, and, and I'm part of it. I, I don't have answers. I don't have balance because of it. This is not... Kev picks up his phone. This is His yeah, iPhone. That's Kevin picks up. But this has not really done anything for me. You don't think so? No. Because I checked your Instagram account yesterday. Oh. Because I saw you like something of mine, so I checked you out. <laughs> I love that. That is my favorite... Uh, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, you, I mean, you, were, you were showing me some of your art the other day, and yeah. I saw it, and I'm like, that's awesome. That's, that's no, to me, I, something I'm not that saying it's bad. I'm just saying it really, at the, I mean, I'd rather have an art show. Come and sure. see that, or show you photographs. But I get it. Yeah, I but, would it. You, but would you rather have an art show? I mean, I, I have an art show coming up. Let's plug that. <laughs> yeah. Not for a while, but I mean, you have to get outside of these things and make it real, or you're not really gambling or challenging. To me, I saw that. There was... I, I don't think there was a hashtag on it. There was no appeal to the world to, to, to share this. It was just a moment where you created something, you put it out there, and yeah. then some people engaged it. And that's art for art's sakes. I, I got friends, so they, I love it. It's like, here, here's what I'm doing. Here's a yeah. photo. I'm, I'm getting less and less uh, with the kids or my nephews and stuff. I don't want to. I guess I have to start. It's, it's crazy. You want to take a Oh, my God, it's a photo. I mean, that's a great rush. Like, oh, my God. I got to Instagram this. Mm. I had, it took me a while because Facebook wasn't my thing because it just took too much. And it's there a was beast. T- it's a beast. And then Twitter, 
I enjoy it a lot, but I couldn't keep up with it. Just couldn't. It's just like, oh, I, I know it's a job, and I. I it is. I want to embrace the job, but at the same time, I just feel like a sucker if I do. I'm old school, Danny. <laughs> I'm old school. I am. I think about it. I'm old school. But it's it's good to hear your voice because you, the other day, you know, when you're back in Toronto, we had coffee, and, and you, you know, you were speaking and you were reading, and I'm like, damn. Just you don't always get that, you know, in the two D world. So the three D human world is is nice to have. But you got to engage. I, I I'm not on this earth to not engage. I mean, I haven't. I've done some things in the last few years. I stopped the band. I miss that. I miss the platform, the stage. Of course, I do. As I said earlier, you know, narcissistically, that fed me. Uh, but at the same time, I knew I had a responsibility to what was there, and I knew there was a grateful aspect to it that I see in all these bands that made me want to stop. The stereotypes are true. Some are incredible. Some are whining at the you know check-in counter that I just can't handle. I don't need that shit in my life. We're all here together. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I want to jump on what you just said because you know everyone's on a diet. Everyone's cautious of what is feeding them. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be addicted to bagels and, and candy, mm-hmm. or you can really dig green juice and kombucha. Or you red decide, wine. Or red have wine. A red nose Choose all it. the time. Exactly. But, what, but the funny... <laughs> tis the season. Tis but the, the funny season. thing is, emotions are the same way. If, if you're feeding yourself on Insta-likes or big platforms, do you want to be set up that way for life? I, I feel like I've been through that where I needed gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, what got me to the show was that relenting desire to prove something to someone but at the end of that is someone acknowledging that you've done something well and now I'm just I'm over that shit well we all want love it's, we've said this before the ultimate goal is everybody wants to be loved that's it that's what people want you go out there in the streets you go anywhere people want to be loved true what the fuck is love that's that's the question right and it's whatever you want it to be yeah it's an action and what so just to just to jump back to that phone thing again because it was really interesting you lost your phone we were on our way to float mm-hmm. no, explain what float is so for those of you who haven't floated uh, or flouted or whatever the term is it's basically full sensory deprivation you're floating in a tank of water which is the exact temperature of your body there's no light coming into the vessel which is roughly the size of a large refrigerator and it can be claustrophobic for a few minutes, but eventually your body just lets go. There's no inputs. It's essentially a forced meditation. It's embryonic, uh, and you, 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 start to, you start to think and feel, react, object. It, it, it's a crazy way of emotions, but eventually you release, and you can uh, be in a state where it's just you and your mind, and, and that can be great, or it can be scary, whatever you want. And we were on our way. This was your first float. And I was stoked because you had had a really crazy year. You're, you know, when I see someone's brain just buzzing at, at, at uh, you know, these kind of hummingbird speeds and, and smoke coming out of your ears, that's what, that was you. Visually, to me, that was you. And I was like, fuck yeah, Kevin's going to go float with me. He's going to chill out for like an hour. We're about ready to go into the float. I'm happy. I think you're happy. Samir was there. He was happy. I was and ridiculously hungover. I had a show the night before, I remember, at the yeah. Adelaide Hall. So I remember thinking... That's right. I should have drank more water. But. <laughs> You're dehydrated. Happy but dehydrated. And we're about to go in, and then suddenly you're frantic because you can't find your phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ah, oh, shit. 
and it's stolen. Yeah, you just left it there on the or you dropped on the curb for a I, second. I right? was sitting waiting for you outside, and I just had this flip phone on the curb. And I went inside to because you came, and I went inside to sign my name up, and I went, oh, I left my phone outside, and then because the wonderful thing about a flip phone is, is wherever you leave it, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no one, no one wants to steal a flip phone. No, they don't. But this gentleman, because I remember I was calling uh, whoever they thought that, uh, and hopefully it did. I mean, hopefully. It gave them whatever they were searching for when they he sold decided to. Bucks, yeah, yeah. Sure. What I, I hope it worked out for for him because he was not coming back, and I was pleading with him just return my phone. Yeah, but it, that wasn't your state at the in the moment. You were you were pretty uh, was, you were pretty upset. Yeah, I was angry. And you, that's also the commute. Sorry, excuse me, but that is also you, you, my whole fear in life is I can't get. I can't find uh, you. Right. I can't find who I need to find. Uh, uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. if a girlfriend lives down in L.A., I, the border won't let me through. I can't, I can't get, you know, last of the Mohicans, I'll find you. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what the cost. So when my phone got stolen, suddenly I couldn't find, you know, I had nothing. There was yeah. no one I could connect with at that moment in time. And I was with you guys. That's right. And I was livid. I was angry. Yeah, pissed. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, this is shitty. And then I leveled up a bit and I said, this is perfect. Well, you said you're not ready. You said this isn't going to work for you. And I was... No, I didn't say you weren't ready. You said, don't... Maybe this is not the right thing. I, what I remember is Sean, the guy who owns Float, was like, yeah. this might not be the right yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe he would, one of them said this is not going to work for him. In my mind, I, I literally thought if... This was supposed to happen because the sensory deprivation literally began the moment your phone was stolen. Mm-hmm. It's going to reach everybody. Mm-hmm. There's some, you know, there, there's something in this to work with for sure. And if you can handle it, it, it it's going to go great. But if you don't handle it, it, to me, I was just visualizing you throwing open the door of the sensory tank and running out naked, wet into the streets, and just saying, "Fuck this, I can't do." It. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, was I'm close. about forty percent sure that's going to happen, but yeah. my sixty percent." Um, and, and growing was that you would probably fight it and you would probably be really anxious and all that shit that came up would come up, but then it would clear. You know, I, I went in a very Kubrick style. So from a cinematic point of view, I loved it, but I am a, I'm a dreamer who claims he's a realist. So I don't know that juxtaposition or contradiction that I live in maybe contradicted, but I went into it and I remember when they shut it in three minutes, I had a panic. The first thing was panic and I couldn't, I couldn't believe it because what you're doing is you're in thousand, thousand pounds of salt, correct? Yes. And it's room temperature. No, it's body temperature. It's exactly temperature it's, of your body. It's exact temperature of your body and it's darkness. So coming from that frantic and then saying, okay, s- screw it. I got to let it go. My phone's gone. I'm going in this tank. I just got to let it go. Mm-hmm. The first thing that hit me was panic. The second thing, I started laughing. And then I knew, okay, this isn't going to work. I'll stay in here for 20 more minutes, and it won't work. And after, in my mind, what I thought was 20 minutes, I said, okay, I'm going to get out, because I, I, I shouldn't have done this after a show. I had a big night the night before. And I went to get out, and I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel my body. 
all I could feel was my neck. And I thought, oh, that's pretty wild. And I remember I started thinking, okay, and I sort of just fell into an idea of looking at traffic. I just saw traffic and I started thinking about all this traffic and my mother started to say things to me about traffic. And I thought to myself, why am I thinking about all this traffic? Hour and a half later, the music came on and I wasn't asleep. And in the meditative state for me, from you know, a child who lacks self-discipline, one of the biggest challenges in my life is discipline, and I'm very terrible at it. And even approaching 40, I thought by now I would have at least had a little bit more of a dent in that. Right. <laughs> but it was incredible because it was forced meditation. And I did go to a state. There was absolutely... So Samir, our dear friend who came, he came out as well. It does force you into a state. I really highly recommend it, especially to the jibber-jabber ones like myself. If you're, you're, you know, if you're walking into a room and you see everything happening and you're picking up on everything and all the vibrations are just coming at you, that's how I've always lived my life, whether I wanted to or not. And that took me from, from all of it's that. It's like cleaning the paintbrushes. Yeah, and that's what chanting does too, I find. And though I've had... I've done about eight chants now, and I've only really had two very successful ones where I found myself. That again, the first time I did it with the people I was doing, they said, we're going to do it for an hour. And I looked at them and said, why? Well, I, I, an hour, I can't even work out for, swim for an hour. So I'll just do about 15, 10 minutes. I did an hour. And the thing I liked about that as well is it wasn't, the people I was with, they would keep chanting and go up. <laughs> used to bath and come back. One of them picked up their phone because they had their like, oh my, ring gig, yo, just gotta make a call on a second. It's, it, there's, you don't have to, it, they said it's an open state to be in. Right, you slip in and out. Yeah, the, no it was pressure, like, you, there's no rule that you have to just, now no talking, just look straight ahead and this is what it is. It's just this good karmic, good energy, good spirits around you uh, type of thing and, so somebody said to me, you're chanting, that doesn't work. And I just kind of thought, you know what, it's, that's not what all this is about. What all this is about is what works for you. That's it. You live in a society that is filled with constant. It's constant. So what works for you? Thus, Academy Alliance. Thus, when I came here, was I going to be, a, was I going to bench press and squat? And No, I just, I needed some shape. I needed to not walk up the stairs and lose my breath. Come in, I meet you, here we go. And here we are. And here we are. You know, we've been, we've been talking about it because the... Our workouts were extremely enjoyable for me in many different ways. Me as well. Uh, I mean, I learned a lot. I learned I, a lot. I, I, I'm still learning. You know, I learned a lot about myself as a coach because you're, you know, frankly, not the easiest person to coach. You should date me. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> we've talked about what that's like. Uh, but the, the thing is, you know, you're a person I, I greatly respect. And, and I respect you as well. Let's, uh, hey, one narcissist to the other. <laughs> and 
you know, and, and to tell someone who you respect and is also a fucking, you know, like boss in his own right and doesn't take shit and, and I like to, you know, also not take shit. It's, it's interesting to adjust yourself around those people because ultimately as someone who coaches, um, you want, your, your greatest satisfaction is in another person achieving what they want but also seeing them achieve something they didn't know they could have. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was always the thing. I, I, I always, I wanted Kevin to be in this world in the most optimal, vibrant state. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that was the only goal. And so, you know, some, some days were better than others. We had some, you know, uh, good and bad conversations, but we're still here, still, 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 uh, still trucking. And, you know, you went through some ups and downs. Like, you, you know, As you there did. was times where you, where you could, you know, your bench press was going up to a couple hundred pounds. Started at uh, basically the bar and then went up 200 pounds, and that was the highs and the lows. Was you coming in one day and and uh, just on a, you know, not so spectacular, um, you know, squat. You're, you fucked up your back. I did. I I was squatting 170, and you were there. You were with me, mm-hmm. and you always spotted me when I was squatting, or I'd grab someone else, Justin or someone to help, and. Uh, when I came up, I, you saw it too, because you usually you touch, you, if you see me coming up, I didn't have a brace on, I forgot about that, and sometimes you just kind of hold my hips as I go up, and you're standing, and I just veered to the left mm-hmm. a little bit, and I remember looking, I remember looking over to you and saying, something happened. Uh, took me out. Took me out. Took me out of the game. I haven't been back. I... I would come and I would try to work out and try to do the CrossFit, because I I was I was a kind of a not a loner, but I really got into bench press. I just loved it. Yeah. I just adored pushing weight off of you. I just thought it was the greatest thing. <laughs> pushing the weight off of you. I just thought it was incredible. Right. Feat. It was a rush for me, and I didn't know just like playing music. I didn't know that I was going to get that satisfaction yeah. from that. I like bench because it combines my two of my most favorite things: lifting weights and laying down. <laughs> well, good. But it took me out, Danny, and it sent me into a world of what do I do? Because I couldn't. Act, nothing was. I tried to come back. It would always hurt, and I was angry about it. And you know that I, I was angry with you that I got injured. And then, of course, you go into the world of where people speak about CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And they speak about, oh, they just, they push your body too far. They don't teach technique. And I found myself angry at something that didn't change my life, but really helped me, Mm -hmm. really helped my life. And being a community person on most days, depending on how much sleep I get, I loved it here. And to suddenly have that kind of gone and realize the best way my back feels is when I don't do anything. It was tough because I didn't know, I didn't, I tried Pilates and I liked Pilates. I, I tried yoga and I like yoga. But as I said before, the discipline in those, those two things are, it's, I loved CrossFit because it was just like, being a kid and pounding the shit out of your drums. Just go. Just take it out. It was therapeutic. Boxing with you. Hammering with you. There has to be a way. And, and I've met other people who, oh, I used to do CrossFit. And I injured my back and I don't do it anymore. And da, 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 da. How do we find 
and speaking of the balance, how is we've spoken and, and to your not defense because we're not putting anything on the defense. You've always said, and you said this to me when I was, you said you always have to know your, I can't know your limits. You have to know your limits. And I pushed myself too far on that squat. 170. I did it, but I, I found myself, you know, wanting, I, there was nothing I loved more than giving you gratification and satisfaction of seeing how well I was doing. I loved it. You know, <laughs> sensei, I love you. Uh, and I see in CrossFit too, just that when people are going for it, it's that whole, come on, let's go, ding, 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 we can all do this. And people are taking themselves out. What can we do? Because this is a great, it really is a great, uh, it's not a sport, but a, a great way of exercising. But you guys go full blown, full blown. And now I can't, like even sitting right now, I'm in, I've been in pain for two years. And it's... The thing that is the worst part about it is, is it, that I herniated it uh, for about three and a half months ago now. Finally, it, it, it was always semi, but finally it herniated. And it attacks your nervous system. Your nervous system. The, the sport that I loved so much, you know, injured my nervous, I would come here to release to get rid of the stress and the anxiety. And then this injury, it's, it's, I got shingles after it. I became a wreck because it just, I've never felt pain. I've, I've, I got a root canal once without any anesthetic. That was, I want to know what you know, giving birth felt like that. Well, I'll never do that again for the rest of my life. I was in shock for two days. But uh, that that constant pain, I really feel for people with constant pain. You can't do anything. You can't help a, you know. Well, and, and that's where. You can't lift. You can't well, th this is, sit. And here's the thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm speaking from experience. And I, I yeah. try only to speak from direct experience. I have an interesting relationship with injury and pain. Mm -hmm. I think on the other side of every pain in your life is. is emotion. Is, is a, no, not an emotion. Oh. Is, is a lesson. You need to seek pain. You need to, you need to be prepared to risk. I mean, you know, working out like this or doing anything like martial arts or boxing, anything primal that activates you in the way that you just talked about, there's a risk involved, but you have to prepare for that risk. And every good um, athlete, investor, musician, whatever, is prepared for the risk, the, the nakedness of it. And, and the interesting thing is, uh, I think this was about a year and a half ago, I was, I was doing some, uh, I was working out uh, by myself. There was someone else in the, in the room. I had done a, a clean, which is kind of like a, a fast squat where yeah. you, you rack the bar. And I lost my balance in the catch and I fell back and the bar was heading for my, my chest, like it was gonna crush my chest. So I, as I'm falling back, you know, it was a matrix moment, everything slowed down and I had the presence of mind to push the bar up a little further so it would land just above my neck. And, oh my but God, not, but, Danny. But not crush me. And this is the first time anything like this has ever happened to me. And in doing that, it snapped my wrist back like you could hear snap and I got up and I immediately knew something was fucked <laughs> like badly in a way that I've never done before and so I sat down you know took a few breaths and I remember thinking to myself well at least I could still just squat so I taped up my wrist and I got back in and I just started squatting because I know that you still have to move forward you tape up whatever needs to be taped up 
you know, do what you got to do to avoid the injury. But I'll tell you, I came back from that. I found out a month later that it was broken from, uh, from two doctors, but I didn't know it at the time. And it didn't stop me. And in fact, my squat actually got much stronger. My back got stronger. All the things that I was neglecting, which now I had time to focus on, got stronger. So I'm a huge believer in that attitude. And we've, we've talked about it. And I like this conversation because this is a conversation well, that we need to have has it. both sides. It's the yeah. light and the dark side, you know, hashtag Star Wars. And it's, it's, it's interesting because I, like full disclosure, I feel that, you know, shit's going to happen. We're only in the light. The We're only in the light. Keep going. But the thing is, it's a journey. It's a journey. Whenever I've been confronted with it, I've taken it willingly. When I see other people going through it, my, my advice to them, just based on my experience, is number one, breathe, create space, understand the opportunity that exists within this, and, and take that opportunity. It could go one of two ways. And I'm a big believer in the body knowing it, ha- it can heal, but you have to give it the right ingredients, you have to give it the right fuel, so that's nutrition, that's sleep, that's attitude primarily. I got so depressed. I know. I don't know what to say. I and just, I and I wanted and I, I and crumbled. I, there was times where injury. I, just, I, I was like, I, I may have literally shaken you at some points. I don't remember, but you know, I definitely in my mind sometimes wanted to to slap you up a bit because it's it's funny when you meet great people with incredible power, but when that power gets turned on themselves emotionally, it could be it could be a tough ride. But I, I think that the the mind governs the body in in every way. So here's here's the synopsis: injuries. Ideally, you don't have them, but they will come up if you're trying hard enough. Do you think that there's a, a, I mean, especially with the trainers, when they're doing courses, do you, how do you know how to tell people, how do you know how to teach people to know their own limit? So a couple things. One is I've thrown my back out in the worst way, sneezing. Yeah, no, I've, I've turned over to pick something up and, and boom. So statistically, the injuries in, in, in CrossFit are actually lower than things like basketball and soccer. Because you, you immediately respect the fact there's a lot of weight on your back. Mm-hmm. So that's why injuries tend to happen when the weight is lighter because you don't actually respect. Your nervous system doesn't respect what's happening. And so things can go wrong when you're not focused, when you're not present. So the, the thing is, is it dangerous? 100%. Uh, is, are there people out there who are probably overreaching uh, or coaching in a, in a way that is not effective? 100%. The only way you can know is to ask a lot of questions. Here's my, here's my philosophy on coaching. I'm not telling you how to do things. I am showing you how to build a new relationship to your body so you will know how much weight or how little weight to use. And when I feel you're crossing that line or not pushing yourself hard enough, it's my job to instruct you on how to push that and the value of it. So that's how I feel, and that's what we you know, try to instill in all our coaches and, and the culture. But shit goes wrong sometimes, and that's always going to happen, right? So... The, the, the fact is, is you know, looking back, could, could that have been mitigated 100%? What, my, my injury? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. For sure it could have been. So there's ownership there. But, we also uh, became friends. We, we was, that wasn't us. We were hanging out. No, I wasn't paying you. You weren't my trainer. We were hanging. We were hanging. I my. needed someone to watch me squat. I yeah. needed someone to check it out. But it was interesting because... I never wanted to be anti-CrossFit because I had such a, a love for it. And then there was a time where I just thought, fuck, you know, you fucking screwed me. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know. But without the, listen, without, I just need to give it, without my yeah. Batman moment, you know, and without, I gave in. I gave up, basically. I gave up. I didn't do anything to, I went to Osteo, mm-hmm. which. Which helped. Yes, which helped. 
Osteo is fantastic. I'm all for it. I've never, you know, been that intimate with someone without making out with them. I've done men and women, and I have a lovely osteo here in Toronto, osteopath, uh, and it works. Yeah. Uh, I have a lovely chiropractor down in California because that's where I herniated my disc, so I had to find someone. Fantastic. But yes, you need your own Batman moment. Yeah. You need to spend the time and and. Depression doesn't really do much for you in terms of what am I going to do today. Uh, you don't feel that urge to improve yourself. You can't get out from underneath yourself. I've, I've battled depression since I can remember remembering mm-hmm. anything. And I feel right now at the stage where I'm at, and every morning I wake up and I have that same feeling, that same you know, pit of your stomach thing. And I think it's a great power that can be turned in on yourself. I when agree. it's turned in yourself, it's depression. When it's turned outward, it's extraordinarily powerful. So, it, you know, again, dark, light, Star Wars, lightsaber, whatever. It, it, I think it has those properties. And so that's why when, you know, I broke my wrist, I was pretty grateful. And I, but I had to work at that attitude. That took time to, to cultivate because, yeah, I would have been really bummed out five years ago. I broke my wrist. I lose a career. Right. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, all those anxieties come up. Yeah. But hey, man, there's always a lesson in it. Like, there always is. And even if there isn't, find one. Because you might as well be on that path. And I've seen bodies heal remarkably quick if they're just, you know, put in the right direction. So, you know, the, the body is, is, is the most, like, you, if, you, if, if you asked Elon Musk, right, the guy behind Tesla, just to go engine, who just launched a rocket. And landed and it. And landed it. That's unbelievable. My dream is to go to space, and I know I'm going to do it in this lifetime, and someone texted me saying, hey, you just got a little closer. So, <laughs> but if, I, if we asked Elon Musk, hey, here's a body, yeah, here's a body, we got to backwards engineer this thing, he couldn't do it. It's the most extraordinary, you know, machine there is. On that note, you got to go take your machine over to Pilates. <laughs> I do. I want to say, though, that... Um There is a wonderful thing about hitting bottom, mm-hmm. because that means you've, you, regardless of how you've done it, you've landed. And mm. people got to know that the, the greatest direction is up. It just is. And everyone falls, and everyone hurts themselves. Uh, I miss this place, but I'll be back. I just have to. I have to do what's necessary for me to get myself back. Mm-hmm. I swim now. I try to swim every day. I hang out with the, you know, I rock it with the oldies. I'm going to do some water aerobics. And that's a community. I like it. Yeah. I like the, when it's not crowded, I like the, the Zen style of swimming. To, to me, to me, all this stuff, all this athletics, CrossFit, swimming—it's—it's it's just tickets to a dance, and the dance has people in it, and you just want to hang out. And so, you know, you just need an excuse sometimes. Uh, so anyway, well, that's us. You're, you're back with your back, which is going to be back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, that's great. I'm gonna make it back with my back. Uh, we don't need to put this out, but that was a lot of fun. Cool. <laughs> Let's just do more of these so we spend more time together. I'm, I'm down with all that. And when one of us decides to go skydiving without a parachute, we'll just uh, put them up 
online. Oh, cool. The posthumous recording. The Van Gogh. <laughs> the sessions. The, the Van Gogh. The tapes. The narcissistic the tapes. tapes. I'm a Dylan fan, so basement tape sounds good. All right, I love okay. you. I gotta go. I love you, too. 50 minutes. Oops. Uh,